0: Reading now from the Gospel according to John in the sixth chapter. Jesus said, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching at the synagogue in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who were the ones that would betray him. And he said, for this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's an old story about an Ethiopian man who was charged with the Queen's treasury. The Queen sent him on a business trip and on his return, he stopped by Jerusalem to worship. After that, he resumed his journey and read from the prophet Isaiah. Another man, Philip, came up to him and asked him, Do you understand what you are reading? This Ethiopian man, a man responsible for the queen's riches, a man who had worshipped in the epicenter of the Jewish faith, replied, How can I, unless someone guides me? That old story comes from the book of Acts. And reminds us of how it is we come to believe. The Ethiopian man had worshipped. The Ethiopian man had grown to a place of influence. He had much going on in his life. And even so, he needed guidance. How can I understand, he asked, unless I have someone to guide me? The education and spiritual growth team, the long-range study committee, the pastors, the staff. We've all been th- thinking through how the Christians get made. How are they formed? How, how are they guided in the faith? We know it takes more than worship. We know it takes more than being smart. It takes a guide, not necessarily someone who has all the information down, but much more importantly, a a guide who is willing to know us, to care about us, a guide who realizes that it matters. Do you realize that it matters? As we sat in our last education and spiritual growth team meeting, I thought about how quickly life can change. In the matter of a single sentence, we can be thrown into years of grief, or we can be lifted into a new hope, a hope for which we've been desperate. I thought about these things because we started and ended our meeting praying for one family who we love, a family who was thrown into grief. How significant it is that that family has a foundation of knowledge about and experience with Jesus. They've been formed in the faith and are able to draw on their faith in these painful days. If you ever wonder about giving your time and your talent to to Sunday school, or helping out children on Wednesday nights, or or mentoring, and, and whether that's valuable or not, whether that's useful or not, all you need to do is think about your own life. What impact of teachers? and volunteers, and mentors had on you. Who's guided you? Who is guiding you in the faith? So that you can understand more deeply, and believe better, and serve more faithfully. Who's it been for you? Who is it for you? Last October, I was given the honor of speaking one of my youth leaders' funerals in Rock Hill. Scott was young, 55, when he died. His day job was at Springs Industries, but he and his wife, Ann, and other young adults gave hours to the youth every week at our church. Scott was the one who introduced us to Salkahatchee, And it was on a roof in Walterboro that Scott taught us teenage boys how to do the dirty dog. Now, that's not as inappropriate as it sounds, but I will not perform it for you today. It would embarrass us all. Scott didn't teach us the dirty dog because he was trying to live out some fraternity issues. He taught it to us so he could relate to us. Scott found ways to relate to us. He was not a Bible scholar. He was not perfect in his faith and in his devotion. I remember more about Scott's conversations about aerating his yard than I do a particular Bible lesson that he taught us as a group. What mattered to us was Scott's time and his interest. He showed up, and he cared that we showed up, and he cared what was going on in our lives. That's what impacted us. Because of that, one Wednesday night when I found myself at a Wendy's restaurant with Scott and Ann and their toddler, Taylor, I was able to share with them typical high school boy social struggles stuff. And they listened and they shared and we laughed. And I knew in that conversation in which they had not said turn to this place and read this story and you'll know how to deal with your life in which they did not turn my life into some kind of moral lesson that needed to be learned but in which they simply listened and shared. I learned in that moment that I had people who would guide me through those difficult years. Scott Mann, and and so many others. I cannot overstate to you how important it is for people of any age but most significantly children in our years, those people in those vulnerable years, elementary, middle, high school years, how important it is for them to know that they have people who care and are invested People who will guide. Jesus offered one of his hardest teachings. Eat my body, drink my blood. It sounded like cannibalism, but it was that wasn't even the most offensive part about it. The most offensive part about it was that he equated himself with God. And people started to leave. People scattered. And knowing the power of influence, the way people are prone to follow others when others go, Jesus asked his apostles, the twelve, what about you? Will you go too? And Peter, bless Peter, he finally got it right. To whom would we go, Lord? We have come to believe And know that you are the Holy One of God. The time they have with Jesus. The experiences they have with Jesus. The conversations they have with Jesus. The life they shared with Jesus. Led them to believe. They had come to believe. We have people here on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights and at other times during the week who have come to believe. And some have gotten to the point where they are believing. And some have come to believe in the sense that they want to believe. Some are here because they believe in something. And some are here because they want something to believe in. What are we going to do with them? We don't have enough people ready To guide them, how will our children and youth come to believe if we haven't come to help them come to believe? We need more guides at Central. We need more people who are willing to show up consistently, to care intentionally. To make an impact on people's lives. The jobs we have for you do not require vast biblical knowledge. You don't even need to have all your questions answered first. There are many roles. And whether yours is to be the primary teacher, primary caregiver, the secondary crowd controller, the tertiary glue opener whatever role it is for you to fill, we need you. Our children, our youth, our adults, we need you. There are churches that ask their congregations to give one, receive one. What they mean by that is give an hour of service and receive an hour. If you're an adult involved in Sunday school, could you receive for a season and then teach or lead or guide or mentor for a season? If you're receiving on Sunday, could you give on Wednesday? If you're receiving on Wednesday, could you give on Sunday? Would you? If you will, Johnny's already pointed out to you that insert in the bulletin. You could sign up, put it in the offering plate. You could take it home and pray about it. You could call one of the staff members and say, tell me more. Ask how you can help. Because we need you. You've come to believe because someone or someones who believed before you stepped into your life and cared about you and shared the gospel and how they lived and they said. It's exactly how I came to believe. It's how I keep coming to believe. There are people who are coming here who are wanting to believe, needing to believe. How can they understand if there's no one to guide them?